Okay, Exodus chapter 17. In verse 1 it reads, Exodus chapter 17, verse 1, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Let's bow for prayer. O oh God, we bless you that we can trust you each day, each moment. Please teach us from your eternal word this evening and prepare our hearts to worship you in spirit and in truth around your table. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen. The nation of Israel has endured some 400 years in Egypt and at least the last 200 years approximately have been very difficult for the nation of Israel. And how relieved they must have been, how relieved they must have felt in leaving Egypt for good. But leaving Egypt did not eliminate trials, did not eliminate times of testings. We see, or we've seen, that they have already faced newly packaged trials. They had to uh, face the difficulty of the bitter waters of Mara. And then we noted there in chapter 16 they had to face the issue of food shortage. And now we find them in a place called Rephidim. Rephidim. The word Rephidim means post, pillar, stump. We get the word baluster uh, from this root word. A balustrade is a series of posts. Um, so Israel face a stump. They face a barrier. Uh, they have no water. It's not surprising that the Israelites have run out of water. They are in the desert, in the wilderness, not known for abundance of water, but generally known to be very dry. Israel is about to uh, see that God can provide water in the driest conditions. And Isaiah 35 verse 6 reads, For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. A wonderful little phrase, streams in the desert. Now when you, um, if you come to Israel with me next April, you'll note the significance of that term, streams in the desert. There, there are truly streams in the desert. They will see that God does provide, that God does provide. All of us from time to time face a barrier, a stump, so to speak, and we are stopped in our tracks. And maybe you, at this point of time, that's where you are at. It seems like you've come to a sudden halt in some way and you're not sure 
what to do. This is where Israel is at here at Rephidim. Let's begin by um, answering the question, what shouldn't we do when we face a barrier, a stump, so to speak? What shouldn't we do? Well, number one, don't be demanding. Don't be demanding. We note here in verse number two that God's people were demanding. Note verse number two, it reads, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses. They complained, saying, note the wording, Give us water that we may drink. That sounds pretty demanding to me. (laughs) They are demanding water, as if Moses had buckets of water in his back pocket. Give us water. To drink, they said. They were demanding. And when it comes to a situation where we find ourselves uh, facing a barrier, a stump, it's important that we uh, are careful not to be unnecessarily demanding of others. Because bear in mind that this shortage of water took place on the pathway of obedience, did it not? Note there back in verse number 1 it reads that they journeyed after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord. They're in the will of God, are they not? (laughs) They're in the will of God. So what right did they have to demand of Moses, give us water to drink? And I think it's very important that you and I need to uh, climb into the skin of those around us and And be careful lest you and I become demanding in spirit. And uh, and we need to be mindful it was God that was leading his people. God knows full well what is taking place. So don't be demanding. They could have said, Moses, we need water for our children. Okay, they could have been uh, a little bit less selfish and said Moses how do we take care of our children no we we note a demanding attitude here so don't be demanding number two uh, don't question the goodness of God when you and I face that stump so to speak or that barrier where it seems like I don't know where to what to do next Please don't be guilty of questioning the goodness of God. Um, Note there in verse number 2 once again, Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? So Moses is saying in essence, Why dare you question the goodness of God? May I remind you that um, God has led us out of bondage. We have walked on dry ground. God provided water at Marah to drink and God has provided manna in the wilderness. Why are we questioning the goodness of God? See, Psalm 145 verse 9 reads, The Lord is good to all. Amen. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. So when God's people became demanding, they were 
and, and complaining to Moses, Moses, give us water. We need water to drink. Moses turned around and threw it back in their face and said, you are questioning the goodness of God. So don't question the goodness of God. In the midst of your uh, situation where you feel like you are being stopped or barricaded, you've hit a stump, don't be demanding, don't question the goodness of God. Thirdly, control your tongue. Control your tongue. Note then verse number three. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt, note the wording, to kill us and our children and our cattle for thirst. Now talk about pouring it on. You know, you've brought us out here, Moses, to kill us, to kill us and our children and our cattle. Control your tongue. Control your tongue. The tongue needs to be controlled. All of us have the potential to say the wrong thing and to say things that are hurtful to others. How Moses must have felt to hear such slander. Moses, you want to kill us. You want to kill our children. I mean, that's mean. You want to kill our cattle. You have brought us out here to kill us. To guard your tongue. Don't question don't be demanding. And number four, guard your thinking. Guard your thinking. Note then verse number four. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. Now, I know they were upset, and I know they accused him that uh, you are out to kill us, but I don't read of them saying that we're going to stone you. So could it be that uh, Moses was putting it all together? And I understand, it makes sense. And he concluded that they're going to stone me. They're going to kill me. Now, stoning in the Bible was not a little, hey, it's killing. Stoning equates to killing an individual. So guard your thinking. Where do we read of, Is of the Israelites threatening to kill him with stones? We don't read of that. And it's very important that you and I as God's people when we face a barrier in our lives that we, that we uh, think biblically. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 tells us what to think upon. And we need to choose to think biblically. We need to gird up, belt up, uh, belt up, tighten up the loins of our minds. We need to choose to think biblically. 
We need to choose to, to live biblically. We need to choose to speak biblically. We need to choose to think biblically. See, this shortage of water took place on the pathway of obedience. Israel was walking in the commandments of the Lord. They were uh, doing what God had called them to do. And you and I as God's people need to be reminded of the fact that living faithfully to God's word does not exempt you and I from trials. May I remind you of Psalm 34 verse 19 please? Psalm 34 verse 19. Psalm 34. Verse number 19. The Bible reads, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but don't forget the second part of this verse. But the Lord delivereth him out of some of them. No, all of them. So many... Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, those that are doing right, those that are walking in obedience to the word of God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. See, God's people were on the pathway of obedience. This shortage of water took place on the pathway of obedience and you and I as God's people even though we are in the will of God we can expect from time to time to face difficulties to face a refidim situation a barrier so to speak so don't be demanding don't question the goodness of God guard your tongue and guard your thinking that's what we should not do. Now what should we do? Well we note here in the remainder of the passage we see in verse number 4 back in Exodus 17 that Moses sought direction. We need to seek God's direction. Note there in Exodus 17 verse 4 and Moses cried unto the Lord. So while the people were demanding, the people were guilty of questioning the goodness of God, people were, were saying things that they should not be saying and unfortunately this caused Moses to not think biblically or think accurately. In the midst of all this we read here in verse number 4 that Moses does what he should have done initially before accusing the people of stoning him, he cries unto the Lord. He seeks God's direction. He seeks God's direction. See, the Bible teaches us that God is our helper. God is a very present help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16. And we need to direct our hearts to God 
in looking uh, for a way through that stump or around that stump in your life and in my life. For God is our refuge, God is our strength, He is a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46 verse number 1. God promises to direct those that will acknowledge Him. And this is often the problem that we fail to allow God to come in. We don't uh, give room for God to direct. And uh, these verses there in Proverbs ought to be memorized by every blood-bought child of God. Verses 5 and 6 of Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. And don't forget verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Lord, what do you want me to do? I've hit a stump. I've hit a barrier. I don't know what to do. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Acknowledge the Lord. Allow God in. I'm afraid that we so often in our at times of difficulties, keep God on the outside. On the outside. When did you let him in? So, Lord, I've hit a stump. I'm at Rephidim. Lord, what do I do? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But verse 7 of Proverbs chapter 3 also needs to be memorized. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Seek God's direction. That's where we should begin. In facing a situation that we, we just, uh, just don't know what to do, we just say, Lord, guide me. Guide me. Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? What do I do, God? And, uh, and praise God, God heard his request. In verse number 5, it goes on to read, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people. Go before the people. Seek God's direction. Secondly, follow God's steps. Seek God's direction. And as God reveals what to do, follow God's steps. And God said to Moses, Moses, number one, go before the people. Now, what was he saying by that? Face the problem. Face the reality of the problem. Face the people. Don't avoid this situation. Determine to deal with it. Don't avoid, don't procrastinate. Face the problem. Face the people. We're all good at procrastinating to a measure. I was an expert before I got married. Um, but I've learned over the years that it's, doesn't do anybody much good to put off and put off and put off. And, and if you are faced with a refidim situation, don't put it off. 
face it. God said to Moses, Moses, face the people. Go before the people. Now note here in verse number 5, it goes on to read, And take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod. So face the problem, address the problem, take with you in facing the people, addressing the problem. I want you to take uh, mature men, the elders, and take your rod. In other words, Moses, don't go empty-handed. Arm yourself, equip yourself, and I will guide you, I will lead you. So face the issue, take with you, and then it goes on to read, tells him to take his rod wherewith thou smitest the river take in thine hand and go so take that rod that you used in time past and you saw the hand of God at work and then note in verse number six behold I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, so he guides him to a particular rock in a particular place, Horeb. And then he said to Moses, Moses, this is what I want you to do. Thou shalt smite the rock, strike that rock once. Smite the rock and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink so face the problem take with you the elders take with you the rod strike the rock that I guide you to in Horeb and I promise you water will come forth God promised water Go and smite the rock and God promised water for God's people. See, our part is to always obey God even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense. From time to time, God will lead us, direct us to, to, uh, to do in accordance to His will that which seemingly does not make sense, okay? God's will doesn't always make sense. It often does. Most of the time it makes sense. And in Moses doing what he was told to do, the Bible teaches us that water came out of that rock just as God had promised. And the Bible teaches us there at the end of verse number 6, And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. God honoured his word. God provided the steps to be obeyed. Moses obeys and God works. God provides water from a rock that he struck once, the Bible teaches now, how did that water come out of that rock? Did it just dribble out? Drip, 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 drip. 
Of course not. Of course not. Go to Psalm 105. It gives us some insight as to this water that God provided from a rock for God's people. In Psalm 105, verse 41. Psalm 105, verse 41. The Bible reads, He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. Gushed out. Psalm 105, verse 41. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a what? River. So God provided. God provided. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. Now it had to be a great stream of water in order to provide water for no less than 600,000 people. They would have needed a fair bit of water. See, God knows what we need and God is in tune with our needs and he is a very present help in time of need. And it was a wonderful demonstration of the fact that God does provide for you and I on the pathway of obedience. And from time to time, on the pathway of obedience, we will face a referendum, stump, barrier, post. And you've all, all of a sudden come to a sudden halt. What do I do? Seek God's leadership. And as God guides you, leads you, obey and watch God work. See, Moses was told to strike the rock, smite the rock. This explains why Moses was wrong to smite the rock twice when he was told to speak to the rock in Numbers chapter 20. That takes place later on where he gets all frustrated and um, God said to Moses, speak to the rock. And in his frustration, he struck the rock. Now, he had some experience of striking the rock once. So this time he said, I'm going to strike it Twice. Now God in his graciousness provided water in that occasion as well. But uh, we see that uh, and we know that God was not pleased with Moses there in Numbers chapter 20 because of his failure to obey God precisely and he forfeited the privilege of leading God's people into the promised land and God said because of unbelief. But here... He obeys God fully. God said, strike the rock, strike it once. He did, and God provided streams in the desert, so to speak, for the people of God. So here he was to smite the rock once with that rod provided, commissioned by God. 
A wonderful picture of the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins once and for all. He did not have to die more than once in dealing with the sins of the whole world. Note there in Hebrews chapter 9, please. Hebrews chapter 9. Wonderful passage of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 9. In verses 26 to 28 it reads, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Moses was told, you will strike the rock once. And this is a beautiful type of the fact that Jesus Christ was struck once and for all for our sin he died for our sin once and for all and provides forgiveness for all mankind. Now, if you go back to Exodus chapter 17, uh, we note then verse number 7 in conclusion to this little uh, trauma in the history of the nation of Israel. And it was a storm in a bucket or a storm in a teacup, as they say, really, at the end of the day. In verse number 7 it reads, And he called the name of that place uh, Mesa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel because they tempted the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not so Moses chose to call this place name it after the two issues at hand God's people complained but the fact was that God was really testing his people. The people question the presence of God. Is the Lord among us or not? They question God's presence. And in and through this miracle is the evidence to God's people that God is among his people. God promises never to forsake us. God promises never to leave us. And uh, they asked the question, is the Lord among us? And Moses said, see, he is. Look, when was the last time you saw water from a rock gushing out? This is God. And, uh, and the last point I want to stress uh, this evening, when it comes to dealing with a referendum situation, we need to seek God and we need to follow his steps of instruction as he guides us. This is what I want you to do. Obey. But also you and I need to stand back and ask God to reveal himself. God, reveal yourself in and through this situation. See the hand of God. Note there in Psalm 78, please. Quickly, Psalm 78. Psalm 78.
verses 13 to 16. Psalm 78, 13 to 16, it reads, He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as an heap. Verse 14, In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. Verse 16, he brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Look at verse 19. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Is God able to provide? And the answer is yes. He's provided in the past. He will provide in the future and when you and i face a barrier a referendum look for god look for god god will reveal himself the people ask the question is the lord among us or not and moses response was of course he is of course he is when was the last time you saw water flowing out of a rock god will reveal himself Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This event here recorded in Exodus chapter 17 has a New Testament application mention. Note here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it reads there in verses 3 and 4. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? In reference to Exodus chapter 16. And then in reference to Exodus chapter 17. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was who? Christ. Christ. That rock smitten once was Jesus Christ. And this event within the history of the nation of Israel was a type, a picture of a saviour to come who will be struck with a cruel blow called sin. But within this anguish, within this blow, he will provide living water for whosoever will come and drink from the well of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was smitten. Jesus Christ was struck with suffering and death once and for all for your sin, for my sin, to provide the water of everlasting life. And the Bible teaches us, for whosoever will may come and drink freely. So this time of testing and trial for the nation of Israel there at Rephidim was, 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 was allowed of God to be a picture of a saviour to come that will be struck once for sin, once and for all and to provide redemption for the whole world. Beloved, we need to see God. We need to see God. 
as God's people were told, you need to see Christ was in that rock. That rock that Moses struck was a picture of the Messiah to come that will be struck, smitten for the sins of all humanity in order to provide living water. And if one drinks of, of that well, they will never thirst again. Praise God for his forgiveness. Praise God for that living water found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And when you and I face a refidim situation, look for the Lord. Look for God in, this, in your situation. Look for the hand of God. Don't be a doubting Thomas or doubting Israel that would ask the question, is God really among us? Is this really, if there's really a God, why am I faced with this? No, look for him. Because could it be that that barrier, that stump in your life and my life will cause us to just stop, think, consider God. And every now and again we need to be stopped in our tracks, don't we? And, and to just let God work his will in each of our lives. Jesus Christ was smitten. Jesus Christ was struck. He was struck with suffering and death for our sin in order to provide living water for all. He was willing to shed his blood. He was willing to have his body broken in order to provide eternal life for all mankind. So when you and I face a refidim situation, don't be demanding. Don't question. Guard your tongue guard your thinking. But what should you do? Seek God's direction. And as you seek God's direction and God reveals to you steps to take, follow those steps precisely. See, God honours specific steps of obedience. God does not honour partial obedience. God doesn't honour general obedience. God honours specific obedience. God was very specific with Moses. This is what I want you to do. Face the people, take the elders, take your rod. I've got a rock that I want you to strike. Not many times, once. The rock is in Horeb. Strike the rock in Horeb once. God's very specific. Moses obeys specifically. And guess what happens? Water from the rock. God's people witnessed Though they questioned, God's people could see that God was truly amongst them. And could it be that God has allowed a refidim situation in your life to reveal God in a greater way, to show you the greatness and goodness of God? God has a purpose because God's people are on the pathway of obedience. They've left Egypt they're making their way towards the promised land. They're not in disobedience, in principle. They're walking on the pathway of obedience and they face a refidim. 
May God help us to seek his leadership, follow his guidance and look for God within our times of uh, difficulties, our times when we feel like I just don't know what to do next. I've hit a stump. And within this wonderful uh, event here, within the history of the nation of Israel, we have a wonderful picture of the fact that Jesus Christ is that rock that was willing to be smitten in order to provide forgiveness, living water for whosoever will may come. And therefore we are called to remember. We are called to remember what Christ has done for us. And that's what the communion table is all about, is it not? That Christ died for our sins once and for all. And for whosoever will may come and drink freely because the blood has been shed and the body has been broken. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.